the property pod. 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 pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry sunny bonani and welcome to the latest episode of the property pod south africa's premier property investor podcast my name is Suren Naidu and on this podcast show we gain insider insights from leading executives, analysts, developers and entrepreneurs in South Africa's expansive property industry. I had a colloquial intro there, but it's because on the show today we're talking tourism with the tourism in Daba or Africa's travel in Daba as it is now known taking place in Durban this week. We are looking at real estate investment into the tourism sector. My guest on this episode is Chifiwa Chivengwa, CEO of the Tourism Business Council of South Africa, or the TBCSA. The organization is the umbrella voice of the tourism industry in the country and participates in NEDLAC, for example. Welcome to the Property Pod, Chivengwa. I'm looking forward to our chat on the vital role real estate investments plays in the tourism industry. Thank you very much, uh, Soren, and I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to share some thoughts. Well, uh, Indaba has just kicked off. Chifiwa, you have been in the tourism industry for a long time. Prior to the TBCSA, you were at Fedasa. Before we kick off on the topic, as it were, for today's pod, just give us a bit of background of yourself and how you became one of the key voices in the sector, as it were. Well, you know, I have been in the tourism industry all my life in terms of my working life. And um, it is something that I studied in school and, of course, you know, add on with other qualifications after that. Uh, but I have been uh, working in the industry for over 22, 23 years now. I have been doing this overseas uh, and also uh, back here at home in various subsectors of the, of the tourism industry. So I'm quite aware of, you know, the various subsectors of, this, of the industry and have been involved in, 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 in various ways, uh, you know, from corporate travel to tour operation to government to brand marketing and many other aspects of, of travel, including what I'm doing now, which involves a lot of advocacy on the policy issues and many other issues that impacts on tourism growth. So you're quite correct. Uh, I've worked for organizations like SARS, but on issues around travel, I've also worked uh, in organizations like uh, Bid Travel Group, which is part of Bidvest, and many, many others, including Fedhasa, where I was a CEO within the hospitality space, uh, and now uh, where I am, which is the Tourism Business Council of South Africa. And we do work with provinces. We do work with destination marketing organizations. We do also work with uh, other departments that have some function that may be related to travel and tourism. So that's my background. And uh, as you've said, I've been around for about 23 years in the tourism space. And I'm looking forward to many more years in the tourism space when we reshape what we believe is tourism to what should be tourism of the future. And also, you know, the, the investments that needs to go into tourism and of course, contributing to economic growth and job creation. We can have a long chat about tourism on any day, considering your experience. Uh, but we are zoning in on investment. But before you go ahead, I do know, for example, that the Tourism Business Council is not just a uh, advocacy organization for the industry. You're also a key player in terms of the tourism marketing levy, and you are a direct contributor to 
part of SA Tourism's budget, for example, which some of our listeners may not be aware of if they're not in the tourism industry. Just to zone in a little bit, the travel and tourism industry has been one of the hardest hit by the COVID-19 fallout, including lockdowns and restrictions to travel. That is all over pretty much now. How is SA Tourism doing? Anywhere near full recovery just yet? Well, we are recovering. That's a good thing. We we have seen the numbers, you know, after COVID, uh, of which you have you have said we, we we were decimated, and we picked up the paces and we pulled together what we call the tourism recovery plan uh, that enabled us to you know reopen and advocate for for various subsectors to to be operational. And what we have seen from the numbers point of view is that we are still behind the 2019 figures because 2019 were regarded as a normal year. And uh, perhaps the two months of 2020 uh, before it was announced that uh, we're going to be going on lockdown. And when you look at the arrivals in terms of international arrivals, you can see that we are still behind, but things are improving, especially when I look at the numbers for much this year in terms of international arrivals compared to much last year. Uh, there was about uh, 90 plus percent improvement, but of course, from the low base number. Uh, but nonetheless, it's, it's improvement, and it is something that shows that the industry is really, you know, trying to go back to where it was. We also have, you know, from from revenue point of view, we've seen that we are pulling ahead in terms of the projections that we we, we had made, but largely driven by domestic tourism, uh, because South Africans are traveling their own country, so therefore driving the demand in many resorts, you know, across the country and many hotels uh, and many attractions that supports, you know, tourism across the country. So we have seen that. We're not where we want to be because we haven't reached the 2019 figures. And of course, we need to keep in mind that we have lost uh, two and a half years due to COVID. And also another thing that's really important is to to, to understand that the travelers of pre-COVID may not be the same as the travelers of post-COVID. So every destination around the world is trying to reposition itself and uh, be top of mind. But that requires, you know, a lot of work in terms of destination marketing, hence our relationship with South African tourism and our contribution to South African tourism, as you've said, to make sure that we go back to, to the levels of 2019. And then we start to work on that base to grow the market to the 21 million tourists that we spoke about uh, in 2018 that we, we would like to reach. So that's going to require a lot of work. But from the recovery point of view, as I've said, we are recovering, not at a fast pace. I would have hoped by now that we would have done the 2019 numbers. So a lot of work ahead of ourselves uh, in terms of repositioning destination and, and promoting you know, South Africa as a preferred destination for travel. The 21 million figure that you mentioned, is that the target that was pre-COVID? Where are we sitting at the moment in terms of numbers maybe for last year? Obviously, as you say, we still need to recover to 2019 numbers. Well, the target is pre-COVID and we, we pulled together that target in 2018. And what we did then was to say how can tourism contribute to economic growth and to what percentage should contribute uh, should, should tourism grow on to contribute to that economic growth and to create employment and we said if we can grow tourism on a 6% on the uh, 6% from the base that we had in 2018 by 2030 we should be able to get to 21 million you know tourists and create an additional 2 million jobs now, because we've gone through COVID, we've revised that number to look at what's realistic. And what's realistic, it's about, uh, you know, 15.6 million 
by 2030. However, we cannot abandon the ambition of getting to 21 million, you know, tourists by 2030, uh, because we can set ourselves a target that is, you know, something that we believe we can achieve. We have to go beyond that because the needs of this country in terms of job creation requires us to think beyond uh, the targets that, you know, perhaps we think we can achieve and, and pat ourselves on the back. We need to do more as a tourism industry and we will do more. But we do know that 15.6 million, you know, tourists by 2030, uh, if we get to that number, we would have done well. However, 21 is an aspiration. It's where we want to be. And it's, we're going to keep it in that way in terms of aspiring to, to reach those, uh, that target. It was interesting what you mentioned about, uh, you know, the recovery and everybody competing globally now as the world economy opened up for these tourists. Coming back uh, to the theme, as it were, of today's pod, I thought it would be good to zone into real estate investment in the tourism and hospitality industry. For instance, hotels, resorts, lodges and tourist attractions. How important is this aspect for you as the SC, as the CEO of the Tourism Business Council of South Africa. I often hear, for example, the industry talking about what's new in the tourism industry to attract tourists, whether there was COVID or not. No, absolutely. Investment or rather state investment in tourism and hospitality is, is critical. When we talk about this 21 million tourists that we want to attract by 2030, it means that we need to look at the stock that we have available in terms of the room numbers. And we do know that the room numbers won't be enough to accommodate the growth that we, we seek. And therefore, the investment in hotels, resorts, lodges, and many other infrastructure that supports tourism is going to be critical. This includes the airports, uh, increasing the runways, and also the supporting services to ensure that you know, aviation works, it needs to be done. And from, from the hotel's point of view and resort's point of view, or real estate investment, it's going to be critical. And what we've been saying over, over many years is that we need to increase the investment. And we have seen this happening in secondary cities, whereby the investments in hotels you know, have been increasing. And a lot of either local people building lodges or guest houses, but also bigger companies you know, going into those areas and putting hotels that are graded, that are bigger, to make sure that you know, they can cater for the demands of that particular market. If you look at Limpopo as an example, there are many hotels that are coming, you know, from the ground. We do know that in, in Pando area, this premier hotel that's being built, I'm sure it's funded through the IDC and in other secondary cities, you know, there are many other projects like that or similar to that that are coming up. So it's quite critical for us to have that investment because going out there in the marketplace and attracting tourists to come into the country and not having the infrastructure in terms of the real estate, the hotels, the resources I've said, it means that, uh, you know, we, we, we're going to be doing the marketing job without the products on the ground. And also the investments, you know, in places like Mpumalanga on, on tourism attractions, there are a lot of people that are looking at around God's window to, to create, you know, some sort of a skywalk where people can walk and experience, you know, the God's window different to what we, we have now. That's another part of real estate. And we know that there's been, you know, hotel investments in that area, you know, to, to ensure that a lot of people are able to stay in that area. It also includes the work that South African National Parks does in that area in terms of, you know, improving on the infrastructure that they have and also accommodating different segment of the market in terms of, you know, those that want to stay at uh, a more luxurious or hotel-like 
you know, buildings within the national park. So there is that, that, um, you know, is happening in the area. But overall, if you look at the main cities, we have seen, you know, new hotel groups coming up. Uh, we have seen the likes of Hyatt uh, really investing in taking over the properties that uh, had been devastated by COVID and investing in new properties. Uh, we hope to see more and more of international investors coming in and really, you know, putting new properties, big hotel brands, even those that are, you know, coming from other markets that we may not have yet. We'd like to have as many brands as possible because it helps when people travel into the country. But in order for us to do that, one of the things that we, we place on their plan to attract 21 million tourists into the country is that we need to have tourism economic zones so that those that wants to invest, especially if you look at various you know, provinces in our country where you've got breathtaking views of the ocean, mountains, and many other things, we need to designate certain areas as tourism economic zones, give incentives to those that want to invest in real estate uh, so that they can put together resorts and many other things that we so need uh, in the country. So that's part of our plan on the, on the whole 2030 growth strategy and the attraction of 21 million you know tourists by then just in terms of the tourism special economic zones as it were is that a, a where is it sitting is it an idea coming from the tourism business council and other stakeholders is government buying into this yeah where is that sitting at the moment well it is an idea that uh, we put on the on the plan that uh, that we did in 2018 that came up with the 21 million you know tourists uh, in effect so we said well it's all well and good to say what we say however what is needed is, is to say what type of investment is going to be needed to achieve it and part of it was that we need to have a tourism economic zones whereby incentives will be offered for mega resorts to be built the last time we built a mega resort in this country was a long time ago when we built the likes of um, Sun City. And we said we need more of those in the country. So it's an idea that we've put down to say, where are the incentives for those that want to invest in tourism, for those that want to put real estate that is related to tourism, and how do we make sure that that's realized? Just the same way, there are incentives that goes to those that are in automotive and many other, you know, be it uh, manufacturing, automotives, many other, whether it's agriculture and, and whatnot. We need to have something for tourism to encourage large investment in the country, especially in the resort space. We'll get to resorts in a moment. You did mention the likes of Premier, which is local. Um, I do know, like Radisson, uh, that historically has been in the, more in the urban areas, is also, uh, I think, uh, building their first uh, hotel uh, you know, near the Kruger National Park, for example. You probably have a ear close to the ground in terms of what's happening in terms of new developments. In fact, the Tourism Business Council used to be a partner in the old HICA event, which was the Hotel Investment Conference Africa, several years back. Are we seeing new investment coming back into tourism, new hotels and new resorts or you know, like some of the projects that you might have mentioned may have been projects that were already uh, in the planning years back. No, I, I, absolutely. So we have we seen new investment? I don't think we have seen enough new investment uh, in our sector. And perhaps one can argue that, you know, when we were going through COVID, the outlook for tourism was different. Uh, and it may be that the banks are 
you know, looking at us as a risky industry uh, to invest in. And perhaps that is only now, you know, sort of coming to an end as they look at, you know, what's going on within the market, especially to the listed companies, you know, that have large, um, you know, portfolio of properties. But we haven't seen enough. And in fact, I remember in the first uh, tourism, um, first uh, South African investment conference, we did go and pledge a lot of things that we're going to do. Some new hotels that were going to be built in Midrand, as an example here in Johannesburg, some new hotels in Cape Town, Durban, and other areas. But due to COVID, those projects, you know, we had to sort of stop them. Now, if we move forward a little bit, you know, as much as we're seeing that there is investment in, in those secondary cities uh, by way of, you know, smaller boutique-like hotels to sort of accommodate the demand in those areas, we haven't seen large-scale investment uh, within tourism. And, and we do need that. Uh, we do need large-scale investments in various areas. We've said in resorts, you know, we want to see, you know, someone breaking ground and say, we're going to put a resort that's going to look like this, that's going to do this and have these amenities. Because we know that the local communities are going to benefit from that investment of construction to when it's completed, people working there and also you know, along the way to that particular resort, a lot of people will put lots of market stalls and places to sell, arts and crafts and, and so forth and so on, restaurants and chisanyamas will, will pop up. And and we do need that. But at the moment, we haven't seen large scale investment. I think it's a it's a it's a wait and see situation as we recover. And hence, you know, if, if we do more marketing and we get more people coming into the country, we create the critical mass, we're gonna start to see some investment coming in, you know, in that space. However, we do need to have a large tourism investment in this country in a form of a resort somewhere in the country. Some projects, uh, you know, just to continue there, like the Radisson in Namshlanga and Hotel Sky in Cape Town, have opened as some of the more high-profile openings uh, post-COVID. But as I mentioned, these projects were a long time in the planning and should have opened even prior to COVID in some instances. What are some of the key bottlenecks to new tourism real estate products coming to market? You mentioned finance and banks being a bit reticent towards financing at the moment, but clearly there is an opportunity here that uh, somebody needs to take the risk, as it were, or find innovative ways of financing, you know, hotel and resort developments. Uh, just uh, a week or two ago, talking about the SA Investment Conference, the CEO or the owner of some of the Hyatt hotels in South Africa was talking about some sort of fund for tourism, hotel development, for instance. Look, I, I, absolutely. The funding becomes a key in terms of ensuring that we have more infrastructure you know, on the ground to support the growth of tourism. So, so that's the key part. And one can really link that to perhaps lack of confidence you know, in the growth of the sector. And that is why, you know, later this year, when, when we have our conference called the Leadership Conference, we, we want to elevate the, comfort, the confidence in the sector because it's quite important that people understand the value chain of tourism and how far it stretches and the business aspect of tourism so that we can have more investment on the ground and we have more banks really opening up to saying, we are happy to to put a, an infrastructure here, be it a hotel, be it an attraction, or many other things. And also creation of favorable terms and condition to get that uh, that funding. 
I think is going to be critical. One thing about tourism is that as it is now as a country, unlike manufacturing where when you start to, 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 to get into it, you need to have a huge outlay. You know, for, for every person, you know, on the street who wants to get into tourism, there's not much of a huge outlay in tourism because, you know, we, we still have infrastructure, but it's not enough for the, for the future growth. So, so for us, the bottleneck sits within the finance. Again, you know, I go back to the issue around the incentives. There aren't enough incentives that are related to tourism products in terms of tax breaks and many other things that, you know, one should be able to claim. And I think that needs to be looked at. Uh, we have started to raise this issue, uh, as I've said. But if we do those things, build the confidence in the destination, make sure that the banks understand the value of tourism and the fact that tourism is going to be there in the future. You cannot digitize tourism to, to a level where people don't need to travel anywhere. So far, people still need to move around. It is a social thing. You want to touch, feel, and taste the food. So for us, we believe that uh, you know the entire industry is only going to grow in South Africa. We have a lot more to offer. And that has to be communicated effectively to ensure that investors are able to say, I'm happy to put something in the Drakensberg. I'm happy to put something in the Northern Cape. I'm happy to put a resort you know, in the desert uh, so that people can come and enjoy this unique part of South Africa. So... Those are the bottlenecks, uh, you know, uh, for us. But there are few products that are coming into the market or that have come into the market. As I've said, they've been on the pipeline for a while. But the new ones that we're looking forward to have not been able to be realized at the moment. Hopefully in the next year or two, we'll be talking about new major investments that are going to be coming through in the tourism space, especially in areas that are less visited so that we can redirect traffic to many areas of the country and address issues of geographical spread of tourism. That's a key point. Talking about resorts uh, in particular, I've covered it over the years. You know, there has been a lot of talk about beach resorts, for examples, but, uh, you know, um, Sun City is built in the middle of Northwest. So, and and it has been one of South Africa's most successful resorts. Obviously, things have changed the the key aspect of that in the past was the casino licenses, for example. We don't really have fully-fledged beach resorts in South Africa, for example, despite having more than 2,800 kilometers of coastline. And in the past, even at Hika, when it was held back at the old Fairmont Zimbali back in 2011, TBSA and the likes of Tourism KZN were talking beach resort development it's been talked about for 10, 15 years. It's almost a case of, uh, you know, like the, the cruise to terminals, you know. It, a lot of those things should have been in place sooner, but they are now. What are your thoughts around that? Because, you know, the beach resorts, if you look at South Africa, and obviously we're not an island nation like Mauritius, but if you compare Mauritius, for example, Mauritius, Cape Town is world-renowned, but Mauritius has probably more really high-end five-star brands than probably the whole of South Africa. Maybe not as many hotels, but uh, how do we compete with that? And, you know, those beach resorts, uh, particularly on the East Coast with warmer waters, not just on the North Coast, but, uh, you know, with the amount of Sandral investment to open up the, the Eastern Cape's wild coast, uh, I think it was the World Bank that described uh, the Eastern Cape as one of the best uh, tourism investment uh, uh, potential hotspots in the world. No, absolutely. You know, what, what you mentioned there, it's, it's, it's a reality. We don't have nearly enough 
results, especially in, with the large coastline like we have all the way from Northern Cape to Northern KZN. We hardly have any resort that people can say, I'm going there because I'm going to enjoy a beach. I'm going to sit and have, you know, a cocktail, you know, watching the waves. So very important that we develop that. And the critical thing that we identify is the, is the fact that we are not giving incentives. We are not going to the world market and say, here is the land. This land is not going to be subjected to land claims or has already been subjected. Everything is done properly, but you can lease it, you can own it, whichever model we choose. And we give the international investors assurance that if you come through, you can build here, we'll give you incentives. Because we know that, you know, we'll make money from tourism spend, you know, in that particular area, from international to local tourism spend. So we are missing that. And that's why there hasn't been much of development in those particular areas. And also, we need to do that as a, it, it shouldn't be an intent to choose an area that we, we want to develop so that we can diversify the tourism offering and deal with issues of concentration of tourism into fewer areas of our country. We want to see more tourism going into the Eastern Cape as an example. And you're right, the wild coast is beautiful. You know, and with the investment, like you said, from Sunrail building of, of those roads and bridges to make sure that there's connectivity, it means that we need to be saying now that there is land available and we need to be going to the international markets if we need to go out, if there are no local investors, to say, this is the space that we have, this is how this is going to work, this is the support that we're going to give you, we want a result in this particular area. I think that's a key thing that we need to do, and hence the tourism uh, economic development zone, as I've, as I've mentioned, so that we can have those corridors of tourism, new corridors of tourism, where we can have you know, a new type of clientele going to that area. And that growth that we talk about, with new tourists coming to the country, will allow those type of uh, investment in those areas. So you're right, KZN, also North Coast, we don't have enough. And you're right, compared to Mauritius, in terms of a smaller island, if you look at the density of, of five-star uh, resorts and, and so forth and so on, you know, we are, we are quite behind. And one thing that, that we noticed, and I think this was during the festive season, uh, in the previous year, that a lot more people, because they couldn't go to Deba, uh, because of the challenges, you know, that are there. They went into the inland resorts. You look at the likes of the Forever Resorts uh, and many others. They went there and spent more time there. And we saw this when we look at the the figures, you know, coming in, in to say, well, they've done better than, you know, what they, they've done in the previous years. And we said, well, what is the difference? The difference was that a lot of people didn't go to, to Debit. So we need to sort out our, our issues so that people can enjoy you know, the beaches that we have, you know, all the way, as I've said, from Northern Cape to Northern KZN. So it's quite important. And we need to build new properties, new resorts, world class, to cater for both South Africans and international visitors. And I think that we have a unique advantage that we can have a resort that's very close to a game reserve, that's very close to mountains, and many other cultural and traditional uh, uh, experiences that people can have, you know, across across those areas. So we have been trying to say Eastern Cape is a province that that's less visited, beautiful. We need to do more in that area. Same as in the Northern Cape at hand, and perhaps look at the Northern Cape as we go along to make sure that you know we we have this investment and we have these things that can attract people, which will be new 
tourism attraction that may attract new clients from overseas. Well, with the Northern Cape, you have the square kilometer array and, um, you know, um, star tourism, as it were. Chifiwa, this is one of our longest pods, but I'm going to stick with it because tourism has been had uh, a tough time with COVID and that sort of thing. Just to conclude, you know, we talked about investment in tourism, but one of the important things, whether it's tourism, whether it's uh, retail properties, businesses need to reinvest in their properties, as it were. There are instances, for example, where the COVID impact is still being felt for one reason or the other, the likes of of the Hyatt Regency in Rosebank is still closed, for example. And despite Indaba taking place for a second year in Durban, post-COVID, the Hilton right next door to the ICC is still closed, I believe. How important is it for these uh, uh, flagship assets, as it were, to reopen? And what about the case for tourism owners reinvesting in their properties to keep them relevant and competitive? Well, I think it's critical that, uh, you know, these properties that, that have been closed, especially the two iconic properties that you've mentioned, you know, to, to really look at reopening. It's always good to have, as an example, an international convention center attached to a hotel. And you're right, we're now going to be going to Durban, you know, from this weekend. And for the second year, the hotel has not, uh, the Hilton has not uh, reopened or someone reinvesting and taking over the property. And, you know, we've got to interrogate whether, you know, the owners of the property have the favorable terms and conditions for the property to open, for it to be viable, and to have some level of incentive for, you know, maybe a year or two to make sure that, you know, it reopens. So that is something that, you know, for us is said in in tourism to to still have those properties, including the Hyatt Regency in Rosebank. Do believe that, uh, you know, the, the investors and the tourism practitioners, we have to sit around the table to look at the potentials of these properties, the importance of these properties, and how we reopen them to ensure that, uh, you know, they become, again, the hotels of choice, you know, in those particular areas. So for us, you know, we, we have been looking at this and, and many other properties and guest houses that are, that are closing to say the biggest thing that we need to do is to, one, let's attract as many international conferences as possible to South Africa, Let's get as many leisure travel uh, travelers or tourists to come to South Africa as possible. Let's make sure that we deal with the impediments that we have in terms of attracting more tourists into the country. Issues around the e-visas uh, and other issues around safety and security, uh, the issues around air connectivity, make sure that we have as, as many airlines coming to South Africa. If we deal with those things effectively, we'll have more people interested in South Africa. And the more there's a demand for South Africa, the more the investors are going to go back to those properties and say, now there's enough demand, let's reopen because we know that this is going to be sustainable. Uh, We need that sustainability as soon as possible. And that's one thing that we as tourism leaders are very much concerned about. And uh, we have had several meetings to figure out how do we reignite, you know, the demand to the levels, you know, that we, we want. And to make sure that, you know, the challenges that we have in South Africa of poverty, of unemployment are dealt with through tourism uh, and will contribute, you know, greater to a greater cause of uh, alleviating those things in our country. So we are concerned about that. We want more investment. We want more international and local investors to really, you know, consider South Africa as a destination of choice, invest in tourism, invest in hotels and attractions 
invest in current health companies and many, many others, you know, that will yield some good return as, as time goes. Tourism is here to stay. It's going to contribute far greater than what's contributing to the economy. And we are the force when it comes to economic growth in this country and we'll continue to do so. Chifiwa, we'll have to leave it there. Thanks so much for your time. I was happy that you also mentioned the issues of safety and security and, you know, the issues around infrastructure and getting service delivery sorted as well. Because, uh, you know, while this was about investment, I'm sure some of our commentators would say, hey, what about safety and security? And, you know, connectivity is important, but it might be seen more as a uh, tourism industry uh, comment or insight aspect. But thanks so much for your time. That was Chifinwa Chivengwa, CEO of the Tourism Business Council of South Africa. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod.